that was an unexpected surprise. Um, didn't know that, so thank you, hon. Um, well, thank you, everyone, for welcoming me this morning. Um, I'm not a morning person, but I do like breakfast. So, um, And I've also been very, very curious to see what goes on in these meetings. <laughs> One time I got really close. I was dropping baby bottles off for Sam McHale. <laughs> but like, he wouldn't let me pass the door. <laughs> so um, it's, it's a privilege to be here and share what God has been doing in my life um, and also in our community through Lighthouse and through many of you, actually. I want to start with a story, actually two stories this morning. The year is 1982, and a college sophomore living in the only all-girls dorm at Rutgers University in New Brunswick is afraid she might be pregnant. Now, for any college student, this would be scary, right? Because a lot of money is riding on your education, and people are expecting you to graduate and make something of your life. But the situation is even scarier for this person because she was raised in a Christian home. She grew up in a very conservative church. Um, and she's also involved in the campus ministry at Rutgers. So people look up to her as a leader um, and, you know, don't really know what else is going on in her life. Now, you might think because she's in this college ministry that she would share what's going on with her, you know, her friends in the ministry. But she's actually too embarrassed, she's too ashamed to share what's going on. And actually, nothing has really given her a reason to think that they would respond with compassion and grace. It's really not ever talked about. Um, so, you know, just, just even the thought of mentioning it to them is, is not, it seems out of the question. So when, so when this young woman goes into the Hurtado Health Center at Rutgers, the first thing she sees is the president of her intervarsity group behind the desk of the health center, where they actually ask you why you're there. So she kind of makes up something because, again, she doesn't want to tell this guy why she's there. Um, she actually has seen, you know, him and his girlfriend look like the perfect couple. They only hold hands. She can't even imagine that they would be struggling with sexual integrity. So she gets past him, and a nurse gives her, uh, you know, a pregnancy test. And in those days, it took three days to get the results. Three days. It takes like three minutes or even like 30 seconds today. But, you know, those were the longest three days of her life as she went back to her dorm and just processed this by herself alone, uh, wondering what she would do. Now, meanwhile, a middle-aged man named T. Gray is sitting in the office of his pastor asking what he should do about this idea that God has placed on his heart. T. Gray is a relatively new Christian, having come to Christ in his like mid-50s, and uh, he loves his grandchildren, treasures time spent with them. But one day, while he was watching his grandkids, he had to look up something in the phone book. Now, some of you look old enough to remember the yellow pages. <laughs> um, so he's flipping through the yellow pages. Of course, they start in the A's, right? So as he's, he's going through the yellow pages, he sees these big ads marketing abortion. But they actually look like they're selling like hotel stays. There's women and their, their hair is whipping back in the wind and they, they're looking over hotel balconies onto the ocean. But he sees past the marketing of that, and he sees what they're actually trying to sell these women. 
women who are facing unplanned pregnancies, women who are in crisis, and he realizes these women don't need an abortion. They need compassion. They need help. They need hope. And this little voice, this little voice, this little prompting is telling him to do something about this. So, you know, and, and he realizes, like, pregnancy, I mean, look at these children. Like, look at his grandkids. You know, pregnancy is not a problem. It's not a disease. It's actually a gift from God. So he meets with his pastor to, to talk about, what should I do? What am I supposed to do here? He had no idea what a pregnancy center was. That was kind of the early days of even the whole movement. Meets with his pastor, gets the second opinion, and by 1984, with a little help from his friends and a lot of courage, he launches the ministry called Life Advocates that would become Lighthouse two decades later. So. I don't know if you figured this out, but that scared college student was me. Mm. Um, I was a communications major at Rutgers, which my husband alluded to a little bit. Um, I was there on an almost full scholarship from my dad's, the company where my dad worked, IT&T. It was just down the road from here, literally. And um, my dad was just a tool and pattern maker. And I remember like 6.30 in the morning, similar to, to now, my mom and I would drive my dad to work every morning because they shared a car. Um, but the first year I was going to Rutgers, they offered a $20,000 scholarship contest, and I won that. And so it paid for almost my whole ride. My mom was just a stay-at-home mom. She never held a job in her life. I, I think one job at a bakery, and she put a cake that was too big in a small box, and that was it. <laughs> um, but, you know, when she, she was a woman of prayer, and, and she prayed for one more baby when she was 40 years old. And that was me. And after I was born, she never stopped praying. So when I was at Rutgers, I was very determined to make the most of my experience. I was fairly ambitious. Um, I, I did well in school. I, I helped form a student chapter of the Public Relations Student Society of America. I had internships at the Art Museum, a state pharmaceutical association, and eventually IBM. I excelled at my classes, at my major. But I failed at relationships, and I failed at, at following God's design for, for sex and marriage. So my pregnancy test that day ended up being negative, um, and I didn't need to make a decision, the decision that a lot of people at Lighthouse are there to make. So to this day, I honestly don't know what I would have decided. I actually think that's a good thing, because I can't ever stand in judgment on someone who comes in and says they've had an abortion or they're considering abortion, because I probably would have was at the time. But thankfully, God intervened. Um, and, you met, and I met Fred Provencher, who you met a few minutes ago, um, when we were seniors. And we were engaged by that summer. Everyone in my family was a Christian. No one in his family was a Christian. God kind of had us meet in the middle. I was on the way to making my childhood faith my own. Um, and Fred had just become a Christian on his own in his high school years. We had both worked at summer camps that summer uh, when we met at Rutgers in September. I had worked as a missionary at Star of Hope Mission in Patterson, which I know a lot of you are familiar with. I actually lived over the bus station. That's a block from our Patterson Lighthouse Center today. That experience did several important things for me. It gave me my first successful fundraising experience. 
It burned a passion in my heart for Patterson as Jay Sinclair led us through um, experiences with racial reconciliation. And God would later use that passion to bring me to Lighthouse. And it also gave me something in common. So when I met Fred, we had something to talk about, our camp experiences, although his was at Mount Misery, which is not a good public relations move. <laughs> so, um, but you know, that experience almost didn't, happen, almost didn't happen because my parents were scared to have me live in Patterson. I think it was even rougher in those days. I think it was even rougher in those days, and they were scared. They were also scared about me raising fundraising, you know, doing fundraising and having to raise my support instead of working in the lawyer's office that summer, which would have paid well. Initially, they said no, but that experience became one of the first times I truly sensed God's leading and also God's provision in my life. He confirmed his calling that summer through Deuteronomy 30, verses 19 and 20, where Moses is saying, he's reminding the people that God is laying out before you blessings for obedience, you know, curses if you choose to disobey me. And he tells them, now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. I heard God telling me that. I walked into a meeting where the group leader was preaching through that. And right after that, my parents called and said God had changed their heart too. And I raised more money than I needed. I was able to fund the other missionary girls. So coming out of college, I wanted to use my public relations degree. I wanted to do well. But I also did, in the back of my mind, want to use it someday for something I cared about. I'm not sure I would have said I wanted to use it for a Christian ministry yet, but I wanted to do public relations for some, something I really was passionate about. So I, I had a, a job in a public relations agency, but then I wanted something that was a little less stressful and time consuming so Fred and I could serve in our church's small youth group at the time. So God led me to that job at International Bible Society. They were in New Jersey at the time. They are the sponsors of the NIV Bible translation. And uh, they had planned to relocate to Colorado Springs. And Fred was thinking of going to seminary. And the two worked out perfectly, you know, divine, divinely, I guess I would say. Before moving uh, to Colorado Springs, IBS fired their development director and made me the interim development director in charge of all their fundraising, their relocation communications. And I was just a 24-year-old young woman with very little experience behind me. Um, I got a lot of great experience. As Fred mentioned, I was like vice president of the Christian Ministries Management Association. Um, all these things, like all this experience that I see God using now in my life. When Fred graduated, we moved back to New Jersey so he could take a youth pastor role at Hawthorne Gospel Church. And I continued working for IBS as an early adopter of work from home. <laughs> I had this like big old computer, a fax machine, and FedEx was my friend. <laughs> um, I did some stuff for New York Bible Society, which was, was part of IBS at the time. So after our four children were in school, I went back to agency work so I could make the most money in the least amount of time. Most money, least amount of time. And that's when I was asked to become director of the pregnancy center which offered just the opposite. <laughs> Most amount of hours for the least amount of not 
guaranteed money. <laughs> so I prayed, I prayed for many months. Fred prayed for many months. He actually, you know, was kind of putting the brakes on it at first and, and just like we prayed because this didn't make sense for, for us. This didn't really make sense. I was the mother of four young, very busy children. I was a pastor's wife and I was trying to be involved um, at Cornerstone where I could. I was already struggling to fit in a very part-time job with the rest of our, our life. And most important, I knew nothing about running a pregnancy center, or even what a pregnancy center was or did. <laughs> um, so just in case you don't know what a pregnancy center is, especially because you're a group of men, <laughs> um, let me fill you in. Lighthouse exists to lovingly guide and support women, men, and teens who are facing unplanned pregnancies and concerns related to that toward life-enhancing choices. We serve people of all ages, all backgrounds, who might be facing a pregnancy alone, they might be underage, under-resourced, or uninsured. We provide the key resources that make that, well, we provide all these key resources and they're completely free and they're completely confidential. Um, we start with an ultrasound to medically confirm pregnancy. We provide options education as they're making that decision. Parenting preparation with material aid. We have extensive parenting programs and relationship programs now. Um, and we, all of these services make it possible for parents to choose life even when they're facing very difficult, scary circumstances. We also provide healing for women and men hurting from a past abortion. And we speak to students in public schools about healthy relationship choices. That's an area where I get to see God redeem past mistakes, things I didn't do well, I get to now share with students who have a whole future ahead of them. We do all of this at Lighthouse. We do all of this free of charge because we believe that God is the creator of every life. The pregnancies, but also the parents coming in with them. And also our supporters and our volunteers and our staff. So we believe that every life matters. And the ongoing support that we offer also provides amazing opportunities to share God's love and to share the gospel with people who are at a, a crisis point in their life. So I was at a crisis point thinking about taking this job. I was at a crisis point like, I really, everything was stacked to say no. Um, and, and it was gonna take some courage to say yes to this. So um, it, was a, it, was a scary, it was a scary decision, but, but it was another time that God spoke to me very, very clearly. God spoke to me through a Bethmore Bible study on the patriarchs. And as I was praying about the job at Lighthouse, I was learning about God's call to Abraham. In Genesis 12, the Lord says to Abraham, who was Abram at the time, go, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. That line makes it seem it's like it was a lot easier <laughs> than it really was. So Abram goes as the Lord told him. But you know, before the blessing 
comes bravery. Before the blessing comes bravery. God would not make Abraham into a great nation and bless him until he stepped out in faith, till he left his country, his family, his homeland, everything that was familiar. And those are all scary things, right? Um, and you know what? On top of that, Abraham was 75 years old. Think of that, right? It's kind of a relevant age for many of us in this room. He was 75 years old when he took this obedient step of faith and bravery. So I said yes, and I showed up for work at Lighthouse in January 2006. And God has not, showing, God has not stopped showing up since that day. Amen. I didn't realize how close the ministry was to folding. If I had said no, they were going to close up shop and turn over their resources to another ministry. Money was tight. I was the only employee until we hired Matt Wolf's wife, who was our first Hawthorne manager for nine years. Shortly after taking the job, I was driving to Bloomfield to a, a training at another pregnancy center, because again, I didn't know what I was supposed to do. And as I was driving on Route 80, I just, I held out my hand and I prayed that God would grow this really, really tiny ministry so we could impact the city of Patterson someday, city where God had impressed a real burden on my heart. As I came back to my office that, that afternoon, again, I was a crazy worker. It was like 4 o'clock on a Saturday trying to get this little computer in this tiny office to work. I get an email from someone offering a donation of $52,000 to Lighthouse. I had never met this person in my church. That money was $10,000 more than the center had raised the entire year previous. So I knew God was up to something then. A couple years later, that same couple sent another email offering $250,000. That was a brave gift, especially for a couple in the middle of their life with college tuition ahead of them, you know, still retirement ahead of them and all of that. Um, it was a brave gift and it enabled Lighthouse to take some very courageous steps to keep growing the ministry. And, and many of you are, you know, you get my emails, you, you kind of hear what's going on, and many of you God has used to be a part of Lighthouse and, and the growth there. Um, you know, that gift enabled us to open a, a real center in Hawthorne, uh, a thousand square feet, and then we op opened a Hack Hackensack satellite center near an abortion clinic. And then, um, then we eventually opened a, what we thought was a really large center in Patterson, um, which has programs for um, parents from poverty backgrounds. We collaborate there with Renew Life and with Young Lives to offer additional resources for teen moms and for parents who are in, um, in poverty so that they can thrive, not just survive, when they choose life. And then in 2020, we took, a, our, I guess, our biggest step of faith to buy a huge building, almost a million dollar purchase. And I remember signing the papers alone, and that was a really scary thing. Um, but many of you, you know, Lan, and, you know, showed up and, and helped us with that. And, and today, it's, it's just a huge blessing. It's a huge blessing to people. Over and over, God has shown up to grow Lighthouse and to do the things that only He can do. I want to tell you that your courageous yes is never just about you. Your courageous yes is never just about you. All of us in this room are people impacted by Abraham's yes. And God has done so much with my yes. 
And I know that he's used my yes to invite many of you in this room to also say yes. People like Matt Rotella, who said yes to letting us put diapers in his third floor attic. And now he's our, our board chair, right? Um, people like Jim O'Hagan, that said yes to come to one of our banquets. And now he's on staff. And Tito. Tito said yes uh, to volunteering for a whole year at Lighthouse before he had his citizenship papers to work. And now he's on staff in the middle of his career life. And Bill Brusella, he's also using his retirement years to serve Lighthouse and to serve our partner Renew. So I'm, I'm hoping that during your group discussions, you can hear from some of these guys who have said yes at Lighthouse. Roger Jones, also um, a lawyer who has benefited from the Ministry of Lighthouse himself and is also um, serving the Ministry of Lighthouse. I want you to spend a little time at your tables um, talking about something, talking about, um, talking about how has, when is the last time that you've said yes to something scary for God? When is the last time that you've said yes to something scary for God? Why was it scary? What happened as a result of your yes for God? And, and then if you have time, are you being prompted to do something significant with your life right now that would require courage? Okay, I think there's a paper on each of your tables to remind you of those questions. So um, I want you to spend a little time around those questions. The last time you said yes to something scary, why was it scary? What happened? And and or is God calling you, is God calling you right now to do something scary? And, uh, if we have time as we wrap up, I'd love to introduce you to a couple of these guys at Lighthouse, but I want you to, I want to make sure you have time to spend time talking to your kids.